0: Welcome back to the show. Today we have Ashley Ramirez. She's the Vice President at Halogen Ventures. Ashley, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Kevin. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I think what you guys are doing at Halogen is actually really innovative and cool. And you guys have invested in some really, really cool companies. I've had a few on the show as well. And I thought, you know, it's nice to have You on the show, so you could talk about some of it and halogen and everything you guys are doing. But maybe before we get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up.
1: Yeah, I am actually from the Central Coast of California, if anyone is familiar with it. (laughs) Um, I feel like over the past two years with COVID going on, a lot more people have been exploring uh, the, the coast of California. I'm from a small town called Orchid. Okay. Um, cool. Right right before um, you hit San Luis Obispo, driving up to Big Sur is the best way to describe it. <laughs> um, I am the oldest of four. Um, so I have a sister and two brothers. Um, I actually played softball, basketball, and soccer all growing up. Awesome. Um, specifically basketball and softball until uh, the end of high school and played competitively. Um, and then something most actually don't, know about me which i'll i'll share with you as like a little carrot to this podcast sure. um is i my parents were actually teenagers when they had me so they were wow. 15 and 16 years old um and are still married till this day so oh that's awesome <laughs> i'm very fortunate and in, in a product of two teenage parents in the best way possible <laughs> sure um no. i
0: Okay. Keep going. Sorry. No, go ahead. Oh,
1: that's okay. Um, I actually um, went to UCLA um, and studied sociology and communications there. Um, I thought I wanted to go into entertainment because at that time, you know, it, it, Los Angeles still is, but uh, the hub of entertainment and media. And so um, all of my peers and were taking um, internships and jobs in entertainment and media companies and at talent agencies. And um, as I was exploring the same opportunities, I actually came across, um, Jesse Draper's, uh, technology talk show called the Valley girl show, um, and applied for an internship there. And that's actually how I met her. Um, that's awesome. but I, I'd say that because it, I come from a really small, um, country town and venture capital and technology for that matter, didn't really exist, you know, there, yeah, honestly, barely exists there. There's there's a college in the town called Cal Poly um, where they do have some like technology starting to be built around that area. But um, I had no idea what venture capital <laughs> would entail. I had no idea what a technology startup entailed um, until I got to intern at the Valley Girl Show.
0: That That's really cool. I find there's a lot of people that I've had on the show that end up in venture capital that had no idea what it was or technology when they kind of until they kind of really got into it so i always kind of find that really actually quite fascinating and i find the fact that people come at it from a different background and education is always kind of fascinating how people get into it so you met jesse and then how did you end up at halogen because obviously she started that well after the show. Is that is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, yeah. She um well, so I started in venture capital 6 years ago um in LA. And my first introduction to technology and venture capital um uh, was that internship at the Valley Girl show when I was a junior. Right. Um when I got that internship, um I, the previous year uh jesse had stopped the show. It was a successful show. She did an amazing job. She like produced it, directed it, like did the whole thing all by That's herself. Awesome. Like I just was blown away by her. And I actually had no, I had no idea who she was. All I saw was her website. And I watched a bunch of her shows on the website. And I thought like, I love this like kooky, awesome, silly, but smart, like empowering personality that she had. And there was something just about her that really attracted me to really want to work for someone like her. Um, sure. And then I got to meet her in person, and then <laughs> I was like, "You are <laughs> ten times what I could possibly imagine just watching you on the show and actually meeting you in person." She was so personable, um, had such a good spirit, and just in, full of knowledge um, on all fronts. On, on all fronts, uh, personal and career-wise. Um, and then fast forward uh, in two thousand, late two thousand fifteen. Um, early 2016, uh, we kind of stayed in touch over the years and I would do kind of side jobs for her. Um, and she brought me on part-time and, uh, a few months in she had called me and said, um, I would love to hire you full-time. I'm starting my venture fund with the same mission of how I started the Valley Girl Show of really wanting to empower and support and grow female founders and entrepreneurs, um, we, you know, with the same mission of how she started the show, but at a much larger capacity. So obviously writing checks and giving them media exposure with, um, helping them as much as being as strategic as she can as an investor and really wanted to implement that all into halogen ventures. Um, and she did. And so, uh, she said, "Will you quit your job and come work for me. (laughs) And I worked in PR. I worked for a boutique PR firm at the time and, um, was working part time with iHeart Media, um, which felt like full, full time. Part time in media, I always feel like is like a full time job. So I felt like I had like three full time jobs at one wow. point. <laughs> um, I quit my job in PR and uh, I said, yes, absolutely. And she said, do you want to sleep on it? And like, nope, I no need to sleep. I am all in. Um, and I said, you know, I have to be honest, the only exposure that I have. Um, with venture capital is what I've, what I learned through the show. And obviously like just coming across like some research. Um, and again, living in LA at the time, it wasn't, the ecosystem wasn't what it is now, at uh, right. six years ago. Um, and so she said, don't worry, like you're going to be my right hand. You're going, I'm going to throw you into everything and anything, and you're going to get so much exposure. You're going to learn along the way. Um, and this is how like you, build your resume this is how you it's by you learn by doing and the best type of um you know guidance and mentorship I can give you is by experience and hand being hands-on um and so I quit my job and uh, went on to, to work for halogen <laughs> for full time and um should we I think when I came on she had um a couple million raised and had a few portfolio companies and Um, she went on to raise a $10 million fund and invested Uh in 37 companies out of that fund. And, uh, and then fast forward, we closed our second fund this year of a little over 21 million and currently Uh, have over, thank you, over 70, uh, portfolio companies to date.
0: That's awesome. So we'll get into some of the companies and and types of investments later, but I want to dive a little bit deeper into who does halogen ventures invested? Because I think you're a bit different than your traditional VC firm. Do you agree with that?
1: Um, We are, well, we're halogen ventures. Um, We invest, we're an early stage venture capital fund investing in consumer technology companies led by women. Um, So there needs to be a female in the founding team of five. She can be a co-founder, a CMO, a CTO. She just needs to hold some sort of equity. Um, we, you know, it's about gender balance for us. So we do have some awesome male CEOs in our portfolio. Um, It's really just about having diverse teams and making sure that um, one female founders are supported and recognized for the incredible companies that they're building, as you can see in our awesome portfolio. Um, But also that um, they're diversifying their teams in every which way with age, race, gender, background, and so forth. Um, And then obviously, investing in consumer technology, so needs to touch a consumer in some way or alter a customer experience and have a technology angle. Um, We're in everything from fashion, interior design, media, social media, parenting tech, um, beauty and wellness, smart cities, transportation, uh, childcare, kind of everything across the board.
0: Very cool. So when you say early stage, what does that mean to you guys? Because there can be a bit of a range uh, when you say that.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on the company, but oftentimes, you know, we're seeing companies really early. This is, you know, sometimes for the first institutional investor that they've ever pitched. Um, I mean, I, I think I get those pitches like quite a few times a week of, um founders we're we're getting on a zoom we're meeting in person and they're like I've never showed anyone this deck you're the first investor that I've ever pitched to. Um and I actually I'm so humbled and grateful for that because I'm like, wow thank you so much for trusting me and That's um awesome. for taking the time and um you know whether it's an investment or not uh we do I, we do like to give some sort of guidance and um follow those companies if they're a little too early for us and um as far as writing an institutional check and you know there they can go in a different direction of either raising um a friends and family around or around right before us for us to see a little bit of um growth and traction uh to be able to feel comfortable investing then so be it but we do follow companies really closely um even if we don't invest so early pre-seed seed um sometimes all they have is a pitch deck (laughs) and sometimes they have um, a full like prototype and company Um, they have traction and sales and revenue and um, it looks great but uh, sometimes it's pre-revenue and pre traction and traction to us can can mean you know a hundred thousand emails doesn't necessarily need to mean dollars Um, but because we're investing in different types of categories, it kind of means something different for everything else. But as far as early goes, yeah, we're sometimes we're the first institutional check in, or sometimes we're uh, the first investor that they've ever spoken
0: to. <laughs> That's awesome. So do you want to maybe dive a little bit into some of the companies that you have invested in, in in the different categories you outlined to give people some context of uh, typically who you guys like to invest in?
1: yeah yeah of course um so parenting technology i would say it's a big part of halogen and, and kind of who we are because the majority of um our network and you know all of us i think even you people that we know are parents or totally have been yeah. around are part of a family of some sort or are exposed to some um type of family dynamic um, and so uh, child care is a big um, like, category of our uh, under our parenting technology. We're actually investors um, in a company called Brella, and they're on-demand child care um, uh, based in Los Angeles. And so they've opened up a few um, child care facilities in Los Angeles and are actually about to roll out a few more in the new year, which is exciting. That's awesome. um, Caribou is um, a Latinx founder. Her name is Max. She's awesome. She's based in Florida she built a family interactive video calling platform that basically provides, um, engaging communication experience, integrating activities and books. Um, so I can, uh, basically read a book or color or do some type of activity, um, via video calling on my phone or iPad or, uh, computer, um, with my nephew that if he, you know, is far away. Um, And it was awesome during COVID too, especially with people not being able to see each other in person. And she's actually been growing um, in a post COVID world, which is exciting. Um, And then we're investors in a company like Hopskip Drive, which, you know, is a safe alternative on demand transportation company for children and families. Um, But it's basically Uber for kids. And they were actually the first um, transportation company to fingerprint their drivers. So all their drivers are um, moms or preschool teachers, um, and are incredible. And so they actually work with the foster care system um, to get be a safe means of transportation for foster kids to and from school activities um, and so forth, which is exciting. And that I think that's a good, an amazing example of a company really working with the government and improving um, government inefficiencies. Um, and then all the way to um, companies in like Carbon 38, um, with, which is an athleisure rare brand based in Los Angeles, and Senrev, which is a direct-to-consumer luxury handbag based in San Francisco. Um, we're investors in a company called Third Love, which is uh, an undergarment company, um, and then a few others, as far as like transportation goes, a company called Metropolis, which is the future of parking. Um, Binti that provides software to help parents build um, families through adoption and foster care. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then all the way to beauty. So then we're in a few, we're in a D2C consumer menstrual disc company called Flex, natural deodorant. Um, we're in, a, in an inclusive beauty company company um and community called live tinted prima donna the first ever nail bot um just an amazing portfolio across the board in, in all categories and it's awesome because all of our portfolio companies actually are able to um collaborate in mesh well so they really help each other out in in a lot of different ways
0: no th- that's really great and i remember because i had uh the founder of squad on the show before they got acquired by Twitter. And then a bunch of us were actually using it at a company that I was working at a a couple of years ago. And I was actually sad when it like Twitter shut it down when they got acquired, because we were like (laughs) using it all the time, but like, obviously it's good and I'm happy they sold. But I was like, no we were using this like weekly for like i know stuff so like it's you're (laughs) happy for a company but you're like it's also sad when they get shut down.
1: i know you and me both esther uh the founder of squad is killer she is just such a rock star and we are so happy for her but what she's also working at twitter now and what she's doing at twitter is just amazing she is just a, a through and through amazing part of the halogen family
0: sure no that's awesome um so I, I'm curious, you guys have this halogen fellowship. What exactly is that?
1: Yeah, the uh, fellowship. Actually, we started two years ago. Okay. Um, and it's awesome. You know, every everything that. We know about business tells us more, um, tells us that more investment in women and diverse founders means more innovation and better outcomes. And I think, uh, we really wanted to take that and make sure that Halogen was doing their part to include diversity on all fronts, um, in our investments, but also in growing the next wave of, of investors and venture capital, um, So not only in startups, but in investment committees. So we're doubling down on our commitment to improve diversity in technology um, with investment in these incredible founders and companies, but um, also the launch of the Halogen Fellowship in venture capital. Um, We launched it alongside Silicon Valley Bank, Amazon, and Manat this past year. Um, And it basically is a focus on gender dynamics and addresses the lack of equity, diversity and funding in venture capital. Um, So Halogen is really working to expand our mandate to support the next generation, the next wave of not just entrepreneurs, but investors as well. Um, So it's exciting. We take on uh, 10 undergrads um, and from all different backgrounds. So some of them are um kind of on the cusp of deciding whether or not a career in venture capital is for them or Mm -hmm. um and and some actually graduating from the fellowship are go on to work at um venture funds or um, get another internship in a venture fund um, or decide actually, I want to do operations. A few of them have actually ended up working for our portfolio companies. That's cool. Um, and so and then now, you know a year or two a year later are deciding, okay, I think I actually want to try out venture capital and, and try an internship in that. So um, it's really exciting. they They come from all different backgrounds as far as finance, media, marketing, um, like business development, kind of everything in between. So uh, we've met some incredible um, young undergrads from all over the U S and it's all, uh, virtual. So we're able to, um, build a curriculum from which our amazing. My amazing colleague, Alexa actually, um, runs and helps build the curriculum. So it's fun.
0: Okay. So how does that work? Like I get accepted, how much Mm -hmm. of a commitment and how long is it?
1: Yeah, it's a few months long. And so, um, I actually don't know the exact length I always feel like it goes faster than I think so I feel like yeah. it starts and then we blink and then all of a sudden it it ends <laughs> sure. um, but we so you we basically go through every single resume you can apply online um, to be a part of the fellowship um, applications usually open um, a few months before um, and then we go through all of the resumes and applications um, and it's so hard choosing only ten, I will say. Um, uh, but then we onboard them, they meet the entire team. We have um, our GP does a talk. Um, I'll do a talk. Alexa does a talk, and we kind of everyone from the team kind of picks a different category um, to give a presentation. we We allow the um, our portfolio companies to get involved. So um, our fellows, basically have a list to choose from of projects that they will do for one of our portfolio companies. And then um, they present it to us um, as their midterm. And then at the end, they do a research project um, of their choosing based on a list that we have. um, And then they give us that presentation as well. And then we have some fun things along the way. We have a few mixers with some other um, uh, fellowships from other VC funds so that they can kind of intermingle with um, other investors at different funds, which is fun. So yeah, it's it's a really, really good time. And so far we've gotten a lot of great feedback. So that's awesome. <laughs> we're excited to continue to to run the halogen fellowship till till the end of time.
0: <laughs> sure. No, that's that's really great. So why do you guys believe at halogen it's so important to kind of not only support companies and investors that are obviously in the game today, but that will be in the, you know, near or, or future.
1: Yeah. I think for us, you know, we're trying to do our part in, in investing in diverse founders, um, within startups, but also really, I think that the change happens in investment committees. So really changing those, um, investors to be a lot more diverse and have th- that diverse investors bringing that perspective to the table really can change things and I- i'm a big believer and it starts from the top and it's a trickle effect down right? right and so the lack of diversity is you know surprisingly grim but i do think and like to hope it's getting better and halogen's working really hard to solve this problem so when you look through that lens it's not all surprising that the diversity numbers are so grim in venture, but I, I think it's only 7% of decision makers at VC firms are women. 1% of those decision makers identify as black. And I believe it's 2% identify as Latinx. Um, really but amazing. at the yeah, at the <laughs> core of what you know Halogen has always believed in, even before we started the fellowship, when Jesse started the fund, was diversity breeds success. And I've always loved that she said that from day one and sure. have has lived that out for the time that halogen has been alive and, and thriving. Um, so that's really what we are at the core and what I believe at, at my core too. And um, I'm part of the All Raise um, group as well. So um, All Raise basically arms uh, female founders and funders with access, guidance and support to exponentially accelerate their success and from propel um, an entire industry forward so not just with um, entrepreneurs but with investors as well um, and i think that you know they it's getting a lot better and i think that when it's talked about and um people are given a chance in venture which is why i actually love that we're doing the halogen fellowship is you know, you don't have to be a part of like a traditional background to get into venture. Like right. the the greatest part, I think, that builds a venture capital fund or, or to be honest, any type of business or company is the diversity that comes with it. And that doesn't just mean, you know, just race. It means age. It means background. It means experience, uh, gender. Like it's everything across the board that truly makes up it. it exponentially extraordinary company is the diversity that it has with it and being able to bring all those different perspectives um, and experiences into one and create this awesome rocket ship of a company. Um, And so yeah, I hope that answers your question in a much convoluted way. No, no, it's good.
0: (laughs) But I'm curious then, like what can somebody like myself or others that have been in tech for a long time what can I do to actually help? Because I think obviously like I can't set up a fellowship or like, you know, I, I don't really have the money to invest in a bunch of companies, but is there something that I could do that's either maybe financial or or maybe not financial to actually support diversity? And I, I agree with you. I don't think it's just one specific thing. It, it crosses a du- bunch of different things, like from gender to race to where you grew up from being rich to poor, to doesn't really matter, right? Like we need more different types of people coming at technology, building companies, if they choose to build companies.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think the best way to help is to recommend anyone that you know that is looking for some type of opportunity. I think it's important to kind of speak up if there is uh, you know, someone that you know is hiring or looking for an advisor, a board member, and you kind of look at at uh their roster and you see that there's no diversity and you say, hey, like I actually might know a candidate, or why don't we reach out to, you know, this person to see if they have any potential candidates that um, are qualified for this position and with a more diverse background to really diversify. either the cap table, the advisory board, the board of directors, or the C-suite team for that matter. Um, I think speaking up in, in that regard, and sometimes like we don't even notice, right? It's just, we're, but I think just to be conscious of that and always recommend it. And it can be something as simple as if you're speaking on a panel, for example, or you're, you're tuning in on a panel and you can write them and say like, Hey, I noticed that the panel is all uh, men, <laughs> <For> sure, <yeah. laughs> why don't you throw some like uh, some females in there? Why don't you throw like a Latinx uh, like investor of some sort to really get that perspective? Um, and so, I've actually seen it happen many that's times, awesome. and it's incredible. I love I love to see it. People really speak up and um, just try to create as much diversity and inclusion as possible.
0: No, I I think that's really great. So I'm curious though because you you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier when if obviously it's it's very cool that you have founders or somebody in the c-suite that is maybe never even talked to an investor before feels mm-hmm. comfortable to come to you guys at halogen how have you guys kind of fostered that culture that people are comfortable to come to you guys even when they're like this you're the first vc that's seen this deck because in my experience, it can be very scary and stressful just sending it to anybody. Never yeah. mind a VC.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, I love this question actually, um, and I feel like we haven't really talked on it that much um, in the past. But uh, Jesse Draper, our GP, actually did an amazing job of basically putting out this Batwoman signal, is what she calls it. Okay. <laughs> of if you're a female founder. Come to Halogen, like come to us, and we tried to really create this awesome community of not only investors but also business providers and entrepreneurs, um, specifically female founders. Right. Um, no matter what stage you're at, if you have never raised capital before, or if you have raised, you know, multiple rounds of capital, um, this Batwoman signal really went out there and made Halogen a lot more approachable. Um, but Jessie actually sent, set such a great example because uh, when she would speak on panels, I, I would sit, I would go with her and listen in on her talks and I'd sit in the front row and really support her and try and champion her as much as I could. Um, and she would give out her email address on panels. <laughs> and at the time, I was uh, a chief of staff of Halogen Ventures, so I was her right hand really um helping her with a lot of administrative stuff but also operational um on you know supporting her as this as the gp um and also the fund um so structure and development of our of halogen um and i would go i would just be wide-eyed right when she did that because she's and she would look at me and she would say Ashley is slowly freaking out because a lot of those emails are
0: gonna go to her.
1: <laughs> and I think a few times she's actually thrown out my email address too. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. But it really so, so early on, and it still in me like what is what is the goal here? The goal is to really empower, help, and grow as many female entrepreneurs as we possibly can. The goal is to make the future billionaires of, uh, or the female billionaires of the future. That is the goal. And so how do we do that? We become approachable. It's, it's, and we make sure that female founders feel comfortable cold emailing us. And, uh, if they have to stalking us on LinkedIn, like uh, there's been a few funny stories of like people finding you at events and like waiting for you at the door and coming up like shamelessly, just coming up to you and introducing themselves. I love that. I love meeting founders one in real life, but even the ones sure. that reach out to me in a creative way. There's been a few that have submitted like video pitches, which I think is so fun and creative, mm-hmm. that have messaged me on on LinkedIn, have found me on Instagram. Um, and I'm not like active on uh, social media, really on a career front, but um, have found me in some way or form in the same experience with Jesse. But um, I really try at least my best as an investor to give everyone the time of day as as much time of, of my day as I possibly can um, and, and give them a shot and, ho- and hopefully give them as much guidance as I can, even if it doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't result in a check. Um, and so, yeah, there's, I, I'm, I'm proud that um, female founders or founders for that matter, really feel comfortable reaching out to us and um. Even if our GP gives out her email on a on a panel, because it's actually now what I do every time I I I'm at I'm at an event or I'm doing a speaking thing, I will give out my email, uh, and then you can see everyone else on the panel like panic, <laughs> <laughs> like oh no, do I have to give my email?
0: <laughs> sure,
1: <laughs> but I think it. You know, it sets a precedent. So,
0: no, I actually think that's that's really great, and uh, I think the thing that's interesting about what you guys are doing and when i talked to jesse because i had her on the show a year or two ago um is how brutally honest you guys all seem to be with whatever comes at you and and like the the piece that like jesse's medium piece investing in women isn't charity there's a swear word in there but i can't say that on the show so (laughs) um but like just the fact that it's like you guys are brutally honest Mm -hmm. about kind of the good bad and other and the fact that you're willing to put yourselves out there and say like look we're willing to help you where i think a lot of vc firms it's so daunting right it's like that but you're like no no no. maybe we won't invest today but that doesn't mean we're not going to invest tomorrow right exactly And, and i think a lot of vc firms don't come across like that and i think it's really cool that you guys do and i also think it's really cool that you guys are actually investing in kind of non-traditional spaces and i know you talked about like i child care seems to be and family seems to be an upcoming care and like femtech or or whatever you call it so do you want to talk about why you think investing in stuff that's not for white males anymore is is actually like a huge growing market that i think yeah. has always been there it's just never been tapped into
1: yeah uh, i mean harvard business review came out with a um uh, and said investing in women is a three trillion dollar opportunity wow um and so there's
0: no shortage of well it's like 50 um, percent of the population <laughs> yeah
1: exactly <laughs> and women actually hold a you know a a very high percentage of um consumer household decisions based on purchases and so (laughs) in my household (laughs) (laughs) exactly um but i think you know we're we're really investing in companies that are solving problems for families for parents for women men uh, an individual person of, of you know just anyone we're trying to really solve as much problem solve as many problems as we possibly can invest in those companies that are doing that but also know how to make money and know how to build uh, good successful businesses Um, and it's a massive opportunity we're we're definitely not going to miss out on that so we're honing in on investing in uh, you know this massive market of female founders and um, we're very fortunate enough to have a, a great portfolio of founders that are the best of the best. Um, But I think everything from, you know, uh, future of families and parenting technology is um, the future. And, and Jesse actually, I don't, she has been doing these Instagram live series about childcare um, and how do we fix this childcare crisis is what she, she called it. Um, So I recommend everyone tuning in to, um, her Instagram lives, but also um, an article that she recently wrote on Medium as well about childcare. care. Um, it kind of gives you a perspective of what the future could look like and how we could create a much better future by fixing childcare.
0: So just out of curiosity, what for people that don't know, or maybe don't have kids, what is so broken about childcare? I agree with you. I 100% agree, but I'm curious to get your thoughts and what she's talking about in that.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, first of all, childcare is not affordable. No, totally. <laughs> it is, you know, it's it's not accessible and just not affordable for um, the average person, or even like the richest person. Like, it, I think it really is tough to um, find a good balance of finding good childcare and you know, working and struggling with finances and struggling with family dynamics, and then also juggling just like real life. <laughs> totally. um, and so uh, Jesse actually wrote this awesome article and said, you know, child care is is not a hot topic. It's actually a, a crisis. It's not a trend. Um, it's an, a national emergency is what she mm-hmm. called it. Um, and as a society across, you know, gender, age, race, and everything in between, we do need to do everything, and we that we can to to fix it and fast. And I think a lot of families um, over the past two years, especially with the pandemic, have really experienced the um, the struggle of childcare and working from home, and um, not having access to affordable childcare even post COVID. Um, sure. All the way going from like preschool to daycare, and then. Um, you know finding a good schooling education system as well um and then it kind of goes into like maternity leave and and things like that and how we uh need to fix that and level the playing field for um both f- fathers and mothers um but yeah it's uh it's the pandemic was wasn't you know the root cause there i think it's it's been a problem in a, a whole broken system for years now um, I believe that, you know, even pre-pandemic, a lack of access to childcare costs the average American family, like 37 billion in lost income wow. and then employers, it was 13 billion a year and lost productivity each year. That was something Jesse actually quoted in her Medium article. Um, and it's frustrating, totally, yeah. <laughs> it's you know, and so if anyone has any solutions to how to fix childcare, um, please email us. We, we're all ears.
0: No, that's that's very cool. We're kind of coming to the end of the show, but I was hoping maybe you could highlight maybe a couple more companies, maybe some newer ones that you invested in, or or a couple others that had some recent exits.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, we're actually investors in a company called Vibrant Planet, and it's a platform that combines adaptive planning and market incentives to restore like biosphere and the climate. Um, in shorter term, they're basically saving the world of wildfires, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, and they're awesome. I would, I recommend checking them out. Vibrantplanet.net is their, uh, is their website. and then a n- newer investment that we um, recently did was st- Babylist, actually. Okay. Um, and Babylist is the number one um, baby registry, and you can basically build your registry like from any store onto your Babylist registry, which is exciting. That's cool. Um, they recently closed we were in their most recent round and they're they expect to hit about 200 billion 250 million in revenue um, Uh, this year so very exciting um yeah and then we're i mean you can check out our portfolio as well for anyone listening at halogenvc.com slash um portfolio
0: Perfect, Ashley. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and having a good rest of your day.
1: Awesome, Kevin. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thank
0: you. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.